know, I feel like I should like do some kind of notable intro for the like finale episode for us being free, but like I can't think of anything. I'm just I'm just Yeah, I'm just really I mean it's it's got to be we, we got to we got to do the book, you know, justice and yeah. in the spirit of <laughs> uh of the ending of oh. the wise man's fear, we should just do the most disappointing episode. Okay, yes, great, great. Let's like let's let's go, girl. Let's give the listeners nothing for the end of the book. Just okay. Hi, listeners. Um, let's uh, welcome to the Quest Killer Chronicles. Yeah. Um, we're gonna like end our podcast. This is the last episode, but you know, there's nothing exciting happening in like the last episode. For not, like, I mean, who even really cares? Really, who even cares? Yeah. Oh my god! Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, and I, I finished Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss. Here's the rest of you. Let's go and roll call. I'm Janos. Happy New Year. Is it though? Well, <laughs> I guess for the listeners, because they got to get another episode of this podcast. They were like checking their app frantically last week, um, <laughs> seeing if there's any new episodes coming Slap in their veins. Yeah, but we had to, you know, we were taking a bit of a holiday break. Uh, I I had a great time not reading this book. I will say that was our Christmas yeah, present to nice. ourselves. Um, I'm Summer. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm Daniel, and uh, you know Pratchett cells be seething over Rothbus chads. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm, I'm Robin, and I am one of those Pratchett cells. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, this book is good. That's my. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna elaborate on that up. right yeah. now. Come to your house yeah, okay. and kill you. So, so here, here's the <laughs> thing: that, flips for the last episode. What everyone doesn't understand is that, like, Patrick is really breaking down the colonial logics of truth and what is uh-huh. true, right? And he does this in the context of the story, the man mothers, you know, in, in, within the story itself. But he also breaks. <laughs> he also breaks down conceptions, really colonial conceptions of. Uh, aesthetic quality and good writing Wrap it up, on a formal level. <laughs> yeah. So by writing a shitty book, he's actually critiquing uh, good books. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You gave me your address several weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I lost what I was saying halfway through that. I, I, I kind of just started because there was nothing there. <laughs> You know what, actually, Daniel, I'm dragging you out in front of the yeah. spotlight. I'm saying that the day we met, yeah. the day we met, yeah. at a you know at a wonderful yeah. barbecue at my parents' house, yeah. and you asked me, we were talking about fantasy books. You said, "Have you read the the Name of the Wind That's by true. Patrick Rothfuss?" And <laughs> I said, true. "Yeah." I quite enjoyed it. And then you said to me, oh, but have you read The Wise Man's Fear? And yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I might get around to it eventually. Uh-oh. And then you changed the course of my life by saying, oh my God, you have to read The Wise Man's Fear. Oh, yeah. It's even better than The Name of the Wind. And this is where we are today. <laughs> now, I don't you know, think I it's know better. What you're wrong. No, well, no, okay. So, I mean, I, I've already, I've already added myself. I think we all have different, I think one or two of us are pure. Um, but I think most of us uh, <laughs> liked the book at some point. I, I'm not embarrassed about that. But the real thing uh, is, I think I still agree. And I think I actually will say that The Wise Man's Fear is, was more enjoyable for me to read and had better moments for me than Name of the Wind. I think Name of the Wind was just really boring. And the only interesting parts were just like revelations of mo- like, oh, like just world building stuff. Whereas this one at least had these kind of like bizarre out there like I hate this but I kind of love hating it 
So I think I think my lowers were low in this book, and I kind of enjoy low lows versus mid mids. You know, so I think I will stand by uh, what I said uh, a decade ago. Now, if you want to, if you want to do the math on that, Sarah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is like if if a decade ago you had like the foresight that you're gonna record a podcast about this, right? Like then you're right because I do think this is a better podcast book. Like there's more. Yeah, I would not. I would not change the course of history. Yeah, like there's more more to pick apart in this book. There's more to, like, actually get mad about, because the first book was just mid, like, in retrospect. Yeah, mm. yeah it wasn't this bad. I like the, the idea, though, yeah. that we, like, all in the last episode just switch sides, where... <laughs> 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 like at the beginning of the, the first book, we had, like, a very specific order in which we were quoth-pilled, and then it just, the polarity flips... Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Yeah, it's like I started days. not knowing anything about these books, and now I know uh, <laughs> too, much. <laughs> too much. Too <laughs> much. I don't think... I like, long for those innocent I, days. I, I do think it is, like... Imp- I think it is an impressive piece of work by Patrick to write a book that just, like, keeps getting worse, and you think <laughs> it can't go lower, right? Like I've been I've been poking around in the subreddit a little bit oh and everyone hates the last third of this book. <laughs> like the, the, and that's like the biggest fans of the series, right? People who go online mm-hmm. and they're coping so hard. Like there's <laughs> there's like every week there's a thread that's like uh, in defense of the Falurian chapter, or like in defense <laughs> of the sex stuff, and it's just like people coming up with the thinnest excuses why what they know is like there's you know in defense of the man mothers, right? Like it's like why they why the 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 things that they like describe as okay, so this is really bad, but look at it from this perspective. You know, it's actually something really interesting that he's doing. It's so true. Sarah, do you want to give the rundown before we before we go? Um, yeah, I was gonna say while they cope, we will seize, um, <laughs> and we will seize by I will summarize the chapters for you. So we read sort of from like can't turn the page chapter one hundred and twenty four to the end of the book. So it's a thousand page Kvothe, book. Sorry, Sarah, carry on. Kvoth having passed his. Adam exams now he gets to have a sword and also get some pussy. There's a whole ritual about the sword, less so with the pussy, and we learn from uh fuck what's her name? I was gonna say Pura, but that is It's like Panther. Panther. Pan- yeah, Panther. Panther, whatever. We learn from Panther that the Adam culture is so sexually liberal that they do not have any conception of how babies are made and that fathers exist. Um so after, but not because of finding this outcast, leaves. He leaves and immediately finds a troop of bandits doing Edemaru cultural appropriation. And he has a little Anakin Skywalker moment where he kills them all, not just the men, but the women and the children too. And then rescues some rape victims from them. He takes the rape victims home, experiences some racism, and then he goes back to the mayor, experiences some more racism, and then he goes back to uni. Um, experiences probably less racism, but there is some Dennis stuff before and some other stuff, and then the book kind of just ends. I have so much to say about so much That's of this, book. and none of it means anything. Do you know? None wanna... of it means anything, which is the most frustrating part. Before we get to discussing like why this is, I want to talk about one thing I found, which is an inter—not an interview. This is a panel. 
Patrick Rothfuss appears to. And this is a video uploaded by the channel The Aeolian called Patrick mm-hmm. Rothfuss to Brandon Sanderson. Could you quit writing so fast? You know, uh, in, in the second book, I mean, for those of you that haven't read it, Sorry, spoilers. Uh, you have three years, okay? But, you know, there's sex in it. And I get people emailing me, and they're like, they're like, you know, I thought that you were a good writer. You know, it's like, you, I really, you were going somewhere. You were redefining the genre. You were my favorite author. And then, there's butts. Or it's like, you know, it's like, my daughter, you know, liked your book. Now I can't let her read this second book. And I'm like, I know that, you know that. I'm like, you know, you know, Coke kills like 40 fucking people. And that's, I, I'm serious here. I'm not, I'm not fucking about. If you, if you're like, oh boy, you know, this guy killed 40 people. That was cool. But then he had like, some athletic, enjoyable, consensual sex. <laughs> oh, and you are dead to me, Robert. <laughs> if this is your response, it's like, I would really recommend some therapy. <laughs> I would genuinely recommend... It's just unbelievable. He's talking about... So what? this is what Patrick... This is how Patrick deflects the, all the criticisms about this. Where to fucking begin with that, Patrick? Where to begin? Sorry. What? Good news, Patrick. We're going to go off on you for both of those Mm. things. So we're correct. It's good. Nobody has. I'm sorry. I don't believe that anybody has a problem with sex existing in a fantasy book. No, I like. I, like I that. think he's lying. I straight up think he's oh, lying. Oh yeah, he's just like. Oh, I get. The re- people think that the real. I, actually, I, I would love to think that these letters are actually really kind of nuanced. Like, hey Pat, I was reading this book, and like, there's just some weird shit with sex in it. Like, a lot of it's kind of bad. A lot of it gets like, cha- a lot of weird ideas get championed that are kind of toxic and like, you know, just not really well done. And he read it as, man, this fucking prude doesn't like when sex exists in a book. <laughs> Jesus, I gotta go talk about this on the panel. I mean, isn't there like a nearly identical George R. R. Martin quote about like I describe a vagina in heinous detail and people get mad at me? I don't think isn't so. That, wasn't that, that doesn't a thing? sound like something he'd say. <laughs> okay, that might have been like a fake Tumblr gift set that I saw. There once. used to be a lot of those, like fake I mean, George R. R. Martin quotes. I mean, also, even if even if I was to believe Patrick about receiving these letters, which I don't. Um, he does not describe bare naked sex in this book. He never <laughs> mentions a single genital. Talk about the word fluffy. <laughs> yeah. He says yeah. it's fluff, and he says it's consensual, which, like both of those, I take issue with. Yes. Uh, what did we forget about the Fullerian rape? Did, is mm-hmm. that not part of? I don't. Book? It seems like he doesn't perceive it like that. Like writing that. Like no, that's I, the... he absolutely doesn't. No, for sure. Um. Just so to to structure this a little bit, I have a feeling that we were going to spend at least an hour talking about man mothers. Mm. Is this correct? Maybe. So before we dive into that, is there anything we want to kind of checklist off? Um, I oh. would like. I have like a lot to say about the quote Anakin moment. Um, oh as yes. Well, I have a lot to say about that, but we'll we'll get okay. there. When we Don't get worry, there. listeners. Man mothers is coming. <laughs> yeah. But let's pay attention to the part when Kvothe kills. I think nine people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is immediately after he leaves. Like. 
the Adam country. Like it's honest, it's complete whiplash. Like he leaves, and then the next chapter, he slaughters people. So it's just, I don't really. Okay, I have a lot to say, and I don't really know where to begin because it's like. It's so similar to like everything else that we've had in these books regarding like sexual assault um, mm-hmm. that it's like kind of almost not worth talking about, but it is like because I, I don't necessarily have a problem with like rape revenge stories mm-hmm. at all. I think they can be very cathartic. And I think to an extent there is some catharsis in this, like these this band of like bandits killed a bunch of Ademaru, stole their caravan and then like went to this village and stole and like kidnapped two young girls from there and Kvothe finds them. He figures out that the guys aren't a Demaru and then he kills them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it's not, it's like catharsis for whom, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, they don't, they don't matter at all in, in this entire story. Like as far as Kvothe makes out, he probably would have killed all those people just for pretending to be a Demaru and, and killing, you know, his family yeah. otherwise. And, mm-hmm. It's like it, the whole thing is just centered around on on how it's made him feel, and it it's just it's just it's just shit. It's just shit writing. <laughs> it's pretty you know? bad. It's like, but it's like it's like he's like changing genres for like three chapters, and yeah. it's like he makes it this like man with no name story where like Quoth <laughs> meets these people. Uh, you know, rescues them, takes them back to their village, and they're, like, really skeptical about him, and then and then the girls are like, he's a real man, like, not all of you, man, who didn't defend us from the bad people. Okay, right? can I read a quote please. from the text? Yes. Yeah. Please, all right. please, 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 please. Okay, so this is on page 874, at the end of chapter 134, where um, these two girls here are called Crin and Elle, um... Elle says, I hit them. Elle spat, surprising me with her sudden rage. I hit men. Her knuckles were white as she gripped her horse's reins. Her face twisted into a mask of anger. Crin put her arms around Elle, but when she looked at me, I saw the sentiment reflected quietly in her dark eyes. You have every right to hate them, I said, feeling more anger and helplessness than ever before in my life. But I'm a man too. Not all of us are like that. Yeah, this was at the peak of my, like, appreciation for these books. I read this, and I was like, oh, I think it's a bad book. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh no, did I just read a terrible, terrible book? And I kind of, that's, do you know that that's not even, like, the worst bit for me? Because I think, and I think to be very real, and not to sound like, um, like, an anti-feminist here, but not all men are like that. And I think, as no, and I ge- genuinely, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It's important for survivors to understand that and to not live their lives as if there is a threat at every corner and like every other person they meet. However, that's worth something when it's coming from somebody who understands the issue, and not from Kvothe, <laughs> who's choosing um, this moment of all moments to be like, well, yeah, like not the all worst men. part. <laughs> The worst part about it is that he was, like, mad when she said that. Yeah. Like, he was taking it personally, and it was mm-hmm. like, this has fucking nothing to do with you, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just making it about himself I again. mean, it's like, it's like, I'm, he's making, it's, I think it's two things. Like, he's not like all men because he just did, because he just had a Clint Eastwood moment right before. <laughs> like, because he just slaughtered people, like, that's why... 
that's why we're supposed to believe that he's not like all man because he committed like a huge act of violence even if it's supposed to be against bad people right mm. and then he's also not like all men because he was training with women before true so yeah, he, he's a woman understander now um, yeah. like just rereading this again it says literally he says feeling more anger and helplessness than ever before in my life from what she said <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like no okay girl yeah. I, no, I, I will say just in that section for, for any re- listener who might go actually I, I will say I read that as both being upset about the sort of situation um, and hearing this person filled with anger and kind of being sympathetic I didn't read it as like taking it personally but that, anyway, that just, probably uh, makes sense okay. j- 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 I mean just to, just to short circuit anyone who might be going but consider it we fucking hate for- yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. consider um, I'll take any, I, any bait I just want to like because I'm I, there's not I, you know this, this book is so bad I, I don't even like want to focus on it so like <laughs> but like beyond itself, I also want to put it in some historical context. Like this is published in 2011. Let's say Pat was working on it for, you know, three or four years beforehand, five years, maybe, maybe earlier. This is like, I don't want to say peak. I'm not sure if I, I'm in the place where I can say peak, but no, this is know where you're going and you're part right. of the like, <laughs> n- literally like the Reddit response, online response to like this kind of growing, um, we'll say like online feminism, which now has kind of a negative connotation, but at least in the early aughts had a bit more of like, you know, women talking online about like, you know, experiences and things that would eventually kind of percolate into the Me Too movement and other types of engagements with this sort of stuff. And one of the common Reddit responses of this time and just like shitty dude responses was not all men. Like this is not like a, this is not a line that comes again, like so much of this, this novel that comes from the universe or is like something both would say, this is like Pat instilling cultural yeah. discourse, quote unquote, as he sees it online. So like, I really like, this is not, this is quote the mouthpiece for yeah. Pat of the time too, which is like, mm. also, it's a, it's a patently insane thing yeah. to say to them in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. to end the chapter that way is like he's like trying to like really like nail it in. Yeah, and and the other the other thing is that like and this just goes back to um, the earlier quote from the panel, which is earlier sort of um, bringing us to the panel discussion. But like part of what makes all this even like worse, at least for me reading, I think we kind of all share this to a degree, is like. Pat can't just accept, Pat can't just say, like, fuck you, I like the books I write, um, I think it's cool, I think it's good, I like writing about sex, get fucked, kid, right? Like, what he has to do is, like, make him the smart and good one, and the person critiquing him, like, bad, or working in some logical fallacy or some bullshit there. And so, like, this idea that Pat thinks that he's kind of writing and, like, a righteous writer in a lot of ways, you know, he had the Will Wheaton syndrome, uh, or Joss Wheaton, <laughs> Joss Wheaton, not Will Wheaton, Joss Wheaton, right? Is that I always get the week? Oh yeah, those are different. Yeah, people. Jo- jo- yeah, jo- Joss Whedon. I mean, yeah, yeah. And but then in in knowing that though, then you read these sections where like Pat really thinks he's being smart, and he has that quality of like I don't know. I used to watch a lot of co- uh, comedy, and you could always tell like the dumbass comedians who thought that they were the next George Carlin, who like we, you know would speak truth about the world. It was just like the most unfunny, cringy shit. But so you read these moments of Pat trying to be smart over and over again. The man-mother sequence we'll get into about, like, Pat trying to go, like, oh, yes, let's let's unpack this. Wokely, but- women are birthers. <laughs> yes. Um, but there's, there's a section I want to... Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold sorry, it. Sorry, hold. <laughs> There's a section that I want to uh, quote here. And my, my page numbers are, really, like, really off and different from you, but it's it's around the Edema Rue-Anakin moment. In this paragraph, and just, like, how... 
like I hated this and I like hate Pat all the more because I could see him writing this and thinks he's very like smart and this is like him speaking truth, right? So it's it's Grand's eyes flashed. They earned it twice as much, referring to the men uh, and the women. The women that he that, that he had killed. This is they is the women. So they earned it twice as much, she said, and the sudden furious anger in her sweet face caught me so completely by surprise that I felt prickling fear crawl over my body. A man who would do that, i.e. rape, uh, to a girl, is like a mad dog. He, he ain't hardly a person. Just an animal needs to be put down. But a woman who helps him do it, that's worse. She knows what she's doing. She knows what it means. Just that's fundamentally. Just a, dis- just a disgusting the, thing to say. A horribly disgusting thing to say overall on a million levels. The one I'm just going to point to is like the kind of truth telling moment here. This like, you know, I'm going to speak the truth moment. And the truth is men just don't know. Like mm. men who do this type of thing right. are just mad dogs. They have no, like, I don't know. They're not people, I guess. They don't have any ability of, of, of conscious thought. I, I don't even know how to read this. That's who this group of people are. And that's how we should understand them. I mean, there's just every aspect we pulled apart. But that to me is like such an unbelievable thing to write. And to put it in the like mouth of somebody who, again, we're supposed to be spe- seeing as like speaking truth of saying something that's real, right? Like this is like her explaining something to Quoth and it's not countered and is kind of like supposed to just sit there. I don't know, man. She's a literal wise yeah. woman. Yeah, the wise yeah, woman. Literally. I, I don't. Yeah. And she literally, she like, she teaches Quoth stuff about herbs. And yeah. then he writes a fucking dissertation on that later. Yeah. Which I was like, what? But like, yeah, she's the. The voice. It's, I mean, the shit about how, because one of the things I saw, like, some of the people on the subreddit bring up in defense of, like, some of the, uh, the w- weird, you know, dubiously consensual sex stuff is that, uh, quote in the first book, it was, like, implied that he was also sexually abused as a kid in Tarbin, in the streets of Tarbin. Which I don't know how much that is an intentional thing Patrick put in here when here he says that men cannot know the experience of sexual abuse or being sexually abused, right? Like, that's... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because he, he wrote the sequence in during literally the Fulurid rape scene. He, like, first was like, I flash back to one time I was nearly raped. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then Patrick comes in, oh my Jesus, like... It's just... There's it's... so much in this section that, like goes completely against things that Patrick has established earlier. It's stupid. And it also, like, there is a part in this where Kvothe is thinking back to when he had his Anakin moment and how one of the women is running away from the scene and she's screaming as he's hunting her through the forest and she's saying, it was either them or me. And to, and obviously I'm not coming out of this and saying, yeah, well, what she did was, like, morally dubious, because it wasn't, it was terrible, but, like, to say then to put in the mouths of like a wise woman, like she was worse. Like I just think is it's bizarre. It's a bizarre choice. I- and just like be- the reason the Gran is saying this, it feels like because speaking of morally dubiousness, like this thing that Quoth does, I would say is fairly obviously a morally dubious thing. Like he killed nine people; they were doing horrible things, but he killed that. He suffers from it, like. But it's just like 
because Patrick has Gran saying stuff like this, because Patrick does like a bunch of other stuff like elsewhere in the chapters to just like erase any kind of grey area from this. Mm. Like to just like reinforce that, oh, actually Quoth did do the right thing. I, I think I find the passage where he's like Yeah, so he's like can't trying to go to sleep. He's having nightmares about his little Anakin moment. And then like he sort of half wakes up and like one of the girls like crawls over to him and like starts like clutching herself against him. Um uh, blah, blah, blah. Her face lay pressed against my chest, her hand grasping desperately at, my, desperately at my arm. No, no, she choked out. No, 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 no. Her body shook with helpless sobs, which she couldn't stand anymore. My shirt was like, you know. And then a paragraph later, he says, I never had the nightmares again. Sometimes I think of Alec, brackets the rapist, and I smile. Like, that is so fucking sinister, Patrick. That is far Fantastic. more... Like you could have just what if what if it was a grey area? What if Quoth was allowed to do one single boringly dubious thing? But no, Quoth is the pragmatist. He's right. He's the hero. Everything he does is right, and he's right to do it. Do you know what? Yeah, I think it's kind of a dangerous thing to set up a character that has absolutely no flaws, or like according to the the text has no flaws, and then like sprinkle in things that maybe the author didn't realize were terrible, heinous acts of awfulness. It's uh, a little bit dangerous, is what I'll say. Mm. I think also, and it just it all sort of comes back to the fact that it, it truly does not matter to like what happened to these women in the story, like at all, because um, it's not it's not about them. It's about Quoth and his journey. But I think what like really drives that home more than anything else is that he takes this story. And then once he's back at university, he uh, lets rumors yeah. spread about it for his own sexual gains <laughs> so that women will hear the story about him saving, you know, seven princesses or seven virgins or however much it's been warped by, like, tales so that they'll want to sleep with him. Like, that's mm. what he took out of it. Mm. I want to circle back to the thing Quoth says uh, in, in the quote, in the it's so hard to say the word quote and quote. The the thing Quoth says in the quote we just had, uh, where he's uh, where he's like a man who does that. That's like not even human. That's a wild dog. Mm-hmm. Remember? Or the the grand said. Oh yeah. the yeah the that that the woman. That's even better for for my argument. Yeah, because <laughs> remember at the beginning of this book. When he has the plum taste thing, the plum uh, poison. Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> and he's all his barriers are you know falling off. Right. And he's like, oh, uh, "Fela, you're so fucking hot. I would love to see you naked." And then he's like, "Oh, what did you think? I'm gonna rape her? I that that's something that is not even possible to do." So it, it's like. Patrick is building up this worldview where, like, being a rapist and being a person is, like, two fundamentally different categories. Like, you're... Yeah. You either have, like, the depravity in your heart or you're just forever, like, flawless. Like, you know... Or not flawless, like, quote, but, like, even someone who is, like, you know, has flaws... Or someone who's like maybe a morally dubious person, but there's like a there's like a switch between 
whether you're able to do something as horrible or not. Like, it's just so fucking... It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Separating, separating people who do those kinds of things from, like, actual human beings can just lead women to be confused about uh, who to trust. Yeah. Or, like how that even works <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make any sense I, I, like every I, single just, time something comes out about a celebrity doing something <laughs> like absolutely heinous people would be like oh but they're a good person it's like yeah and well maybe to and? like you or the people paying them but they're still a rapist like yep. <laughs> mm. right yeah but don't worry good people don't do bad things yeah it's fine yeah. and i mean yeah. i think it i think it goes both ways like i think if like uh you know there's something if if there's something like bad that comes out about the celebrity, it doesn't mean that they have been like an have been like had th- that they had it like inside them all the time, right? Like it's not like you have to like look at their earlier work and you're like I can detect all these traces that they're gonna become a sex pest or something. Like I don't think it works that way. Like I I think that's like a really harmful thinking of uh, of thinking of uh, being a sex criminal or a sex pest as like something that is inherently in your soul. Like that is either inherently there or not. I don't think it yeah. works that way. Yeah. I also just want to like put out one other thing. It's like, I, I, I am entirely um, sympathetic and, and, and agree with sort of the line of, of reason that goes like, you know, a lot, the more books that do this and the more popular books that, you know, do this kind of thing, it does kind of, confuse people I, I like that word it does kind of muddle muddy the waters it's, it's like it's like the equivalent of bad pop psychology on tiktok where like it seems yeah. it, like <laughs> a single video seems harmless but when it just becomes like the pervasive notion all of a sudden people have this idea that like actually sitting on the couch and doing nothing forever is is healthy or something um, like that that's self-care or something anyway um but I, I also just want to say like in the context of the book and we kind of mentioned this earlier or in the context of like trying to write a book or something being good or bad. I mean, how much, let's say the scene has to stay in here. We're, we're offering edits for PAP. We don't want to change too, too much. So the scene ends in here. How much more interesting would this be without any commentary? Quote leaves uh, the magic land where every, sexual liberation is, is huge and everyone is having sex nonstop and, you know, the hardened warriors and everyone kind of has this vague level of like respect and falling into tradition and all that stuff. And then he leaves and he does come back to the world and he sees not for the first time, but sort of sees again, the world he comes from, the society comes from as barbaric, right? As, as exactly the barbarians that he's been hearing about thus far. And instead of commentary on this stuff, we watch quote, respond to this as perhaps you know um the oh god i've already forgot the name the 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 ademi the the ademi uh uh would respond to it let's say that he's kind of in this zone already and he kind of has this moment where he both feels like he did the right thing but also kind of did it knee jerk and is kind of dealing with the fact of like I didn't even think I just killed and then sees this sort of aftermath and realizes that he like, he didn't do it to save people. He did it out of like a new programming, you know, of his mind to respond to something, blah, 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 blah. That would actually be a little interesting, still maybe problematic, still maybe a little weird, still maybe, et cetera. But it's this constant commentary that makes it bad. 
the idea, again, the idea that he immediately comes into contact with some of the worst barbaric, quote unquote, qualities of his own civilization or his own society, I should say, um, after returning from this sort of kind of monastic retreat. That's not a bad idea. I kind of like that sudden switch. It's the commentary. It's Pat not able to let anything just sit. <laughs> just here's a scene. It's like it's like imagine watching a play, and at the end of every scene, the narrator comes out and tells you exactly what was good and bad and not in that scene. It's childish. It's stupid. It's someone not trusting their own writing. It's someone who's just not a good writer. And it's it's I don't know. It's it's beyond uh, every ethical moral political thing the problems with this you know on a larger scale outside of the text i also think it's just a sign of again bad juvenile writing it's, it's just it's juvenile you have to tell everyone what exactly you mean you have to speak exact truth you can't just let scenes occur i don't know it's, it it's, really makes me think of like when he goes to the uh Imre, is that what it's called and then like comes back it makes me think of like when i was a kid going to church camp you come back and you're like, oh, all these fucking barbarians. I don't know anything about Jesus. And you have to like show them the ways until it just kind of fades. Mm-hmm. And then you go to church camp again. So hopefully he'll go back. Yeah, he'll go to what it's all sex about. camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the. it's also just weird to have the, uh, the moralizing here be that uh, the better culture or like the, this like, much more, you know, ideal world where something like this would never happen. It's like this society that I came up with. <laughs> yeah. Like on a, on, on a meta level, I don't know. I also just... Because, like... I also just hate yeah, that sure. it's like that the mouthpieces of Patrick's weird ideas are multiple characters at this point. Like, I think it were... If it were <laughs> only Quoth who would comment on these, I would be like, okay, so this is like his views. But having it be yeah. like a universal truth, like I think that's mm-hmm. that's Patrick what sucks about it. Is just here present behind the text, t posing over us, <laughs> threatening us personally. God, like because at first when I read the Anakin section, I started getting mad at like, what do you mean? Like this is just this is really sudden. Like this, we both has never had any kind of relationship or like doubtful relationship to violence before like this is just all of a sudden like this wasn't seeded out of anywhere this is so random and then that, that honestly that's the least of my worries no I actually <laughs> fuck that yeah let him do whatever he wants I, fuck I don't care anymore yeah I I just I also like I just like I want to reiterate one of the times like these moments of, like I like that quote has actually been around a bunch of people obsessed with being mercenaries and just killing and responding and like that's their main <laughs> export it makes sense Quoth might actually suddenly be a bit more violent in a way that he didn't realize before. That'd be an interesting commentary. Wow, isn't it weird how like the Shaolin monks I was just with actually kind of reoriented the way that I see the world. Maybe it helps us reread those previous sections. All of those potential thoughts and avenues are shut off or shut down. They're not what you want to, are supposed to focus on. It's not what Pat wants you to focus on. It's, it's you know, giving him more credit than he deserves. Yeah, he's got to do a heroic thing that can get turned into a billion stories and make him notorious when he goes back to the university. True. So true. Uh, book three is just going to have, like, mask off, just, like, footnotes, thoughts from Pat. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. How do the Pratchett cells in the chat feel about that? <laughs> 
I'm so curious about book three after finishing this because mm-hmm. do you remember when book one finished and he was still at the university? Well, book mm-hmm. two's finished and he's back at the fucking university. He's again. back, baby. <laughs> that like again, that's kind of I do apart from the man mothers and maybe some stuff about the little Dana sequence, like my only other point about this is well, we finished at the university again. We're back. <laughs> Nothing is changing. Nah. Back at it again. He's got to no, do nothing is changing, again. But, but also, like, he doesn't have to do admissions again because that has been solved. So that's all his like financial troubles are solved, which was like okay. the main okay. driving okay. conflict can, he had. Can I can I add that his financial get his financial troubles get solved because he has a patent. <laughs> For a thing, yeah, and he gets royalties from it now. And he has, shit. and he has. Uh, I don't know what what crime is it that he's doing. I don't know what the name of this crime is that oh, he's doing. Um, oh, it's it, it's um embezzlement, embezzlement? fraud, yeah. embezzlement. Yeah, yeah. He Cor- he makes uh, a corroboration insider trading insider trading yeah uh, it's embezzlement Conspira- i think it's conspiracy too i think it is i think it's considered conspiracy but anyway Every kind of crime. Right. how do you know that daniel uh huh? because I, I i conspire all the time um he's doing something that would like put you in jail for like a long time in real life yeah. that would lo- yeah, lose you like all political like Position. It would be very funny if, because at this, like in the blurb at the back, at the first book, it's like, mm, I was expelled from the university at a younger age than most people are allowed in. It would be very funny if in book three, like just the reason for that is because he gets caught in best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would, it'd be so, it'd be so good if like this is published by Chronicler and like the only real, like everyone's like, okay, cool, whatever. But then it's like, wait. Old man McGucket was embezzling money with quote. He's still running the bursar office. Like, it's all comes crumbling down. That would be actually good. So that's not going to happen. It'd be amazing. Uh, Did he explain how he does it? Yeah. So he um, he like gets a mm -hmm. thing from the the mayor of the Vintas that says you get um, however much money for your bursary we'll pay all of your bursaries for university forever and so whenever yeah. he gets a bursary he he agrees with the bursar to charge the un- to say to the university that it like was higher so they get more money from the accounts like sorry so that the bursa the bursa says to the mayor of vintas that the bursary costs like 20 talents more and then they split the extra 20 talents between themselves yeah. wait yeah hang on Okay, I thought that what he was doing was deliberately like flunking. That's his how I read it. Exams. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, well, so that his tuition yeah, would that... be set at oh, like twenty or fifty talents. Yeah, and, and then th- anything that's above twenty or ten talents, him and the bursar split. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. It's it's still an agreement with him and the bursar, but he doesn't. The bursar doesn't lie to the mayor. Both just sound like more of an idiot in the entrance exams, so it costs more because it's a oh. you get you oh, get okay. it costs more the dumber you are to go to university. Yeah. Well, wow, that's that's less <laughs> and uh, that's less smart than I was. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not very smart. It's the... also look. I've said on podcasts before that stealing is a moral good. You should do it. <laughs> uh, so that's. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not like upset at this from <laughs> from a yeah, moral standpoint. He's right to do it. Uh, Patrick, you cannot come after me for saying that the that embezzlement is bad, but murder is good. Like I don't got hung up on that. Uh, <laughs> 
it's just the the fact that the main story of the book, like the the actual story of Quothin the, the, that he tells, ends for book two. The actual story of Quoth, like as far as it has been published, ends on the note that Quoth smirks at the camera for embezzling a ton of money again. <laughs> it's just so fucking wild. Hero. I thought Rue didn't like, I, steal. I thought that was the point of... Anyway. <laughs> you'd think you'd think that the masters would catch on. Otherwise, like, why would they think that Quoth was, was biffing it so hard in the entrance exams? I feel like they, that would be I, my first thought. They should be like, noticing mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be able to pay this and you still, like, is yeah. somehow able to pay this. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not like the school has like ten thousand people going to it and they just can't keep track. Like it's it's a fairly like elite school. Like they know who these people are. It's, and, and the thing is, even is, if yeah. the school, even if the school did have ten thousand people going to it, Kavoth would be number one in their brains and minds right. because Patrick has written him to be always number one in everyone's brains and minds right. because he's the only real person in the universe. Everyone else is an NPC, mm-hmm. so of course they're going to remember Kvothe. <laughs> Right. I mean, well, I guess maybe speak- the idea is that they think he did his internship with the mayor uh, and he got like a really juicy patronage or something. I could see that being a thing that they, that gets quote like two semesters maybe until, yeah, they, until then, they start catching on. Like there's no way they're not going to. I feel like what's the hell going to realize? Yeah, yeah, even that it doesn't, it doesn't explain why he's doing so poorly on the entrance exams. Right, like yeah, yeah, he could have just done the like ask for more money, take the take half of it. He didn't have to (laughs) include the entrance entrance exam heist into it. Yeah. Um, So speaking of populating the world with NPCs, um, do we (laughs) want to talk about Mad Mothers? (laughs) Let's fucking go. I will say I will say like one last thing about the university. (laughs) Two. I I will say like a couple of really short things about like one of thoughts about the university section. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, remember when Elodin was a fun character? Mm. Like he's just nothing yeah. at this point. <laughs> he's just—he's horny at this point. He's such what a happened horny character. to him? He doesn't even seem as like smart as he was. Like he doesn't—he's he, like missing out on things. He's also getting money from. Notice. He's also getting <laughs> money from the mayor to be dumber. Um, and, and there's an embezzlement fraud there. <laughs> <laughs> like this book is getting I so just, bad at this point. Like the one character that I enjoyed in the past, in the first book, is just like a complete nothing. Rip to you, but I still enjoy him. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a writing crop in this chapter. He gets a writing crop and he locks him and Quoth naked on the roof. And I'm like, you know what? That is pretty funny, actually. Funny slapstick. Writing crop, haha. That's all I have to say. <laughs> the other thing. Uh, Will and Sim are together. Not Will and Sim. Sim, Will and, Sim, on, Sim and, Sim and Fella are together again. I said Will and Sim because I still can't keep them apart. Uh, Will and Sim and Fella. Fella has two hands. They're officially together. So all, all of the of all of the listeners who have like been like really uh, feverishly shipping them, uh, writing uh-huh, their yeah, uh-huh. writing all the like juicy. Uh, Simonent Fela figs. Yeah, guys, stop sending us that stuff, <laughs> yeah. please. Good news. It's pretty good, though. Oh, they're together now. We can talk about man mothers. I don't think I have anything else to say about Wait, hang on. That, Jana, she just brought me onto something else because there is like a little moment where it is revealed that Fela used to have a crush on both. Mm. You know, of when course. he was 15. Of course. Ev- uh, everyone of course. did. 
because he's the best. He's <laughs> yeah, the golden boy. We all did. Oh, there's a mm-hmm. bit. Of, there's a there's a there's another completely nothing section about Davy that is just a pointless waste of time. That is like close settling his debts, and then he's like, ah, oh, but actually, you're you're disappointed that I don't owe you now money because you don't want the money. You want special favors for me. It's just nothing. It's so much of the last bit of this book is completely finance centered um which is as we all know makes a gripping conclusion to a book i mean it's his favorite thing the closest thing we get to an actual finale sequence is when like denner comes back and they go on a little date and patrick writes like a quite indulgent romance scene that honestly i kind of enjoyed it that's probably my part on the back for this (laughs) yeah do we want to talk about the denner stuff i don't know like it's not really anything to me but it was yeah. very satisfying to me because uh, I was fully expecting her to just be like, oh, it's fine. I know how legendary figures just have to fuck all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't be as legendary. So all is forgiven. But like she actually had like a, a more of a human response, which I was not expecting. <laughs> so it was yeah. very satisfying. Mm. There's like... I liked that there is a lot of tension between them, both like sexual and romantic tension, and also just like relationship tension because like they are they came off in that sort of sequence as like both very complicated characters who have very complicated feelings towards each other, and they're sort of like suppressing all their feelings to like just have a good time and hang out with each other because I don't know, like I just I don't want to say it was well written mainly because I'm hesitant to ever give Patrick anything, but I had a good time reading it and like it felt competent. Yeah, my pat on the back is like sort of adjacent to that where he's like talking to his friends and like fully is like, I'm not in love with her. I just, I'm fond of her or whatever. And they were just like, oh my God, this fucking guy. I write me it. <laughs> so Get yeah, this guy. That, that felt very relatable as someone who can never tell how I actually feel about someone and how they feel about me. And then the friends come in and they're like, we know, everyone knows. <laughs> I, yep, that's all I have to say. Yeah, that's so we, wait. I don't remember him doing that. I mean, again, I, I started having like I think mini stroke is the is the medical term. <laughs> um, mini strokes near the end there. Um, are you wait? So I don't remember that at all. Like, so are you telling me that there's a part in this book where Quoth, who like, you know, talked about how Dana sang him the most beautiful song that he would never repeat, and that they like were hanging out together all the time and explaining is that that he's that he's like, I don't know if I like her or love her. You know, we just hang out a lot. Is that? Yeah. That? Okay. All right. So, so Pat, are, are we sure Pat read the earlier chapters of his book? <laughs> are we, are we, are we sure of that? How, I mean, I will say that is kind of what I enjoyed about it because like, they are quite, they are teenaged in this moment. They are like, not in touch with their own feelings. They're like, okay. not effective communicators. And they're just like, but are there's, there, well, yeah. well, there's that. Okay, fine. If that was the thing, just guys being, those, if that was just the, teens being queens. If that was the thing going on throughout the book, fine. But like, they've had like many intimate, like nights together and like, have acknowledged like their care and love for each other. And quote, like wrote love poetry for like, the the mayor's beloved just based on how he felt about like there's not being aware of things and then there's like suffering from from i don't know monastery pussy induced brain aneurysms like i don't 
Like, I don't, I don't, like, I'm sorry. It's different than, like, if they just, if this was early in the book, if this was, like, the beginning, fine. But this is, they've been through quite, quite a lot of reflecting on their relationship. I don't, um... I mean, like, to look at huh. my actual notes for this, because um, I actually I haven't checked them yet, like, it, do, it does it does seem like Quoth is very aware of, like, his own feelings for Denna, and Denna is aware of her own feelings for Quoth, and they don't want to break that because Denna has, you know, all these relationships with all these patrons, and Quoth is like, I can't intrude on that space. And then, now that Quoth has fucked, their, their sort of tension is different because Denna is like, well, Quoth, like, fucks all these other women, and, like, I don't want to just be, like, another woman that Quoth has fucked because, you know, Quoth fucks now. Um, I don't know, there's just a lot going on. And yeah, as it's not that like, it's good, but Patrick conveys a lot. As and I'm like, who's okay. Like been in these situations with people, like, where everyone on the outside knows what's going on and I don't, um, I will say that, oh my god, I completely lost my train of thought. One second, go ahead and talk over me. <laughs> I have to confess, I found take this, your time, take your this like whole section extremely boring. But oh, I, right, right, right. I remember. <laughs> You're so um, valid, Robin. <laughs> yeah, it kind of wipes your brain a little bit. Um, but there's like you might know in the back of your mind, but you don't even want to admit it to yourself because there's like this precious bubble that can like pop at any second if you like assume too much. So there's like this like little dome that you want to protect. That's like. You, you don't want to say anything. You don't you don't know what will happen when it like disappears mm. and then all the magic mm. is gone. I don't know. That's my read of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean again, I don't remember. Well, this. we had a good time and we've never enjoyed mediocre content in our lives. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, 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 therefore it's good. Therefore it's good. No, I, I don't I don't I literally don't remember the section, so I'm not I'm not pushing. I just mean to say that like uh I I uh that sounds the way you describe it to me sounds really cool and kind of nice and beautiful so i i'm sorry i just can't assume that that was in the book i can't remember it <laughs> but I, like really i can't i just don't really believe you that Patrick. i mean i mean i'm in the same camp as like you and robin that like this just like com- like this final section just completely washed over me at this point like mm. the 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 dana section i don't know how it could have been made to work but like something about like coming from the incredibly weird tension of like the previous two things that happened in the book basically like the mm. the man mothers and the uh, uh the anakin moment it's just like i don't know like it, it really like wipes your brain i don't i don't have a better word for it like maybe if you read it in a normal way Maybe if like, it was a better book. If you, if you like, read yeah. it for, like, normal enjoyment purposes, right? And you read it, read it, like, at a normal pace and not, like, every other week 200 pages at once. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> maybe then you get to enjoy, like, individual sections like that. Um, yeah. Maybe. Rip to you, but I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gamers. Man mothers. Man mothers. Man mothers. <laughs> so I think Man I think mothers. I know what happened here. I think what happened here is that Patrick rolled up the hugest doobie you've ever seen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was like Oh in the man mother section. If you had sex all the time, like constantly with everyone, you wouldn't even know where babies come from. And then he just ran with it and just completely ignored, like, everything about it. Because usually if you have a moment like that, you're like, oh, wait, that's stupid. 
Yes, <laughs> he just never is. got there. <laughs> it is unbelievably stupid. This is the stupidest thing I've ever read. Like, wh- why is this in here? <laughs> we got to explain. <laughs> Let's yeah. break this down. Robin, break it down now, y'all. <laughs> um, so Quoth is talking to Panther. Penthe. Penthe, yes. yes. Penthe, um, who he's been having sex with um, after graduating from monk school. Um, and he says something to... Like, they're talking about, like, different customs. Um, I think we should, other. like, talk about the conversation he had before with um, Vash at first, though. Because that sets kind of sets up that this can even happen with Penthe. Oh yeah. Oh, who's he, he had the first conversation with? I think I've just gotten them confused. Yeah, in my head. he talks to Bashit and ah, my bad. Yeah, because because Panther like clearly wants to fuck him, so he goes to Bashit, the person he has been fucking, and he's like, "Hey, is it okay if I fuck Panther?" Kind of. <laughs> yes, and yeah. and Bashit is like, Quoth is like, Bashit oh, yeah. is like, yeah, of course it's okay. Uh, you know, we fucked, but it doesn't mean anything. And then Quoth is like, oh, have have you fucked anyone before? And then she's like, how many breads have I eaten in my life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I, can I read you the Please. final paragraph in this little chapter, uh, which is the end of chapter 124. And that, like, again, they've had this whole conversation and Bashar is like, no, like just cause we fucked doesn't mean we're intimate. Haha. Um, and she says, You barbarians, she said, wiping moisture from her eyes. I had forgotten how backward you are. My, my poet king was the same way. It took him a long, miserable time before he realised the truth of things. There is a great deal of difference between a penis and a heart. Uh, anatomically Thanks, true. Patrick. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, I was, at this point, I, was, I, I did the thing where I sometimes, like... Uh, just uh, look ahead, like how many pages are left from the chapter. They saw that final line. I was like, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> you ever see a take so bad you have to go to sleep immediately? <laughs> you just fall asleep immediately. <sighs> Again, like Patrick's done the thing where he's thought of a funny joke and he's been like, all right, how can I put this in here? Right. Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. Penis and a heart. A um, but bit yes, of a continue. Different- Continue your recognition of it? Yes, let me just find the page real quick. So he's speaking to Penthe. Uh, Penthe. And um, she's sort of talking about like what women do in the world. And he's talking about like, um, well, you know, women make babies. And he's like, well, a man does that as well. Um, and then it says, her eyes grew wide with amazement and she sat upright on the bed. It is true, she said. You believe in man mothers, she giggled, covering the bottom <laughs> half of her face with both hands. Quoth uh, says, well, yes, I said a little awkwardly. In a manner of speaking, it takes a man and a woman to make a baby, a mother and a father. You have a word for it, she said, delighted. They told me this too, with the stories of dirt soup, but I never thought it was a real story. And then they go on to talk for a while and Quoth says like, okay, but you must know that babies look like their dads, right? And she's like, all babies look like old men. And it's just like, (laughs) and she's like, a man has no, a no place in both carrying and I guess implied raising of a child. Yeah, like the the word that she means when she's like, oh, you have a word for it. Is the word Father, father? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> not like sperm donor, not like, you know, person who creates the baby, like father, which I just, 
what is going on here? This is like this. I and I literally wrote this in my notes. Just, just like Patrick, like tapping, like nodding his cap and being like, putting on a woke voice and being like, hmm. women are mothers. Women, and I think babies. that's how it is. The the, the I, very the very charitable read I have on this, and I, I still think it's. Look, even with the most charitable read, this is awful. I will preface yeah. it with that. But I think the idea here is um, to look at how... I think I think Daniel said something as well at the beginning of this episode in a joking way. Daniel but, said uh, many things. But like the idea is uh, how is meaning created? How do, you know, how do we get to conclusions from evidence, right? That's the... Mm. I think that's what he's trying to dismantle here. He's like, uh, you know, we have our conclusions about biology, but if the, you know, social circumstances were different, maybe we wouldn't have the same conclusions. And maybe all the arguments we can make, right? Like the the way where Kvothe is like, keeps bringing up other arguments, like they look like their dads. And she's like, no, they don't. They just look like any old man. And he's like, uh, but but haven't you seen kittens? You know, haven't you seen cats giving birth? Uh, and then she's like, but cats aren't humans. So I think like the basic, you know, idea of this is like this like exercise in can I like is it possible to create create meaning in you know from from observation in a way that is like completely opposite of what we believe the problem is that the entire like he didn't think this through no <laughs> like if if that's your if that's what you're trying to he do he did but he thought it through his penis <laughs> right sorry carry on he just he, he he thought for three seconds and then like just wrote it down and then never looked back like i don't know this doesn't work if this only works if all of them have sex all the time with everyone, and there's none of them who doesn't want to have sex sometimes, no, maybe? No, no, It only works if all of them are having penis in penis vagina, and vagina sex, sex with yes, men that's the other all thing. of the like, time. If everyone needs to be at least bisexual, but preferably straight. Um, you know, if there's someone who only prefers to have sex with women, it completely falls apart. Like, a woman only prefers not to have sex with women. I should say... Janusz, yes. You read this possibly yesterday or today, <laughs> or maybe even three days yes. ago. I read this <laughs> in, you know what, nine years ago, because Daniels just did it our first meeting is ten years ago, and I read the book the sort of year of that or uh -huh. after that. Mm -hmm. I have been thinking about this for nine years of my life, and it it is the single thing that A, has led me to conclusions about my sexuality and asexuality because you ever encounter something in your life that makes you realise this person's worldview, okay, Patrick's worldview that all women desire to have penis and vagina sex all the time, is not universal. Like, someone whose kind of idea of the world, like Patrick's idea of the world, is so completely different to anything that you had ever considered that you're like, 
oh, I don't think I'm like other people. I don't think I would enjoy to live in a society like that where I am constantly societally pressured to have penis and vagina sex, child-producing sex all the time. Like, just realizing that Patrick has never considered lesbians. Patrick has never considered, like, any kind of non-straight sexuality existing. In Patrick's world, no woman would not fucking put a penis in her on the regular basis. Like, in Patrick's <laughs> Like, it is just, it is so abhorrent to me on every level. Like, it is an actual hate crime. <laughs> this is like what we were talking about, how the way that he talks about women in his books kind of made me realize that I was, like, kind of non-binary. So Patrick is really, like, bringing out the, like, gay... <laughs> He's actually like, an ally. Feelings. Yeah, Patrick is an ally. <laughs> it's a, it's like um uh, like a uh, uh, fucking reactionary politics like polar like what fuck the fuck what were people talking about whenever Trump got elected and everyone was like this is good actually it'll radicalize people <laughs> <laughs> it's like that uh, what what Patrick is doing here is what what people online who get mad at like polyamorous people believe that polyamorous people actually believe right like yeah. they think you know people who get like morally mad online would say that you know uh bisexuals believe that you should have sex with every t- everyone all the time and you know uh, leftists believe that you should like just like fuck 20 people in a day always <laughs> this is what patrick actually <laughs> believes like this is his ideal society it's just baffling. Like, from and also the, his feminist fantasy, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh, bizarre yeah. because I really do think it's trying to make a stance in terms of like, like genuinely in like a woke way of yeah. saying like, well, a man has no part in carrying the child. And so um, like we will not even investigate whether or not um, <laughs> he should have any part in raising it to the extent they don't even have a word for it. They're not curious about it. And I think from a world building standpoint, that is exceptionally lazy. Um, <laughs> like d- unbelievably so, but also it's, just, like- it's just like this wouldn't like that is. So, so what is their society then? Is it a kind of town based surrogacy? Does everyone look after the child or are we really just like confidently chest out saying women are the ones who look after babies, but it's actually in kind of a cool um, feminist way? Because <laughs> like, again, again, because I have been thinking about this for nine yes. years of my life, because this has been haunting me for nine years of my life, like th- there is potential for this to be like, inter- like if this was like a dystopic novel if this was like uh-huh. you know the gender games of patrick Rothfuss, um if this was like a dystopic novel where like society was incredibly polyamorous meaning that there was no space like the family unit didn't exist and like the- patrick does kind of get towards that by like because Pentheus says some stuff that is very like belittling and humiliating to men yes um yeah. where at the end of like the her sort of telling him about her funny man mother she's like i am sorry to tell you this thing you are a good man and a pretty thing but still you are only a man all that you have to offer the world is your anger so it's like it's this dystopic society where like men have no place and like vashit says some stuff because Va- like quoth goes back to vashit and is like hey vashit like do you guys really believe that like men don't make babies and vashit is like oh my god like 
please don't talk about this, like, don't embarrass us. And then it turns out that, like, because Bashit says some stuff where she's like, okay, well, maybe that is true, but it isn't true here kind of thing, where it's like, she is more travel and she has been exposed to this before, but, like, she still, like, refuses to believe this. And, like, there is a sort of universe where you kind of believe that, like, Vashit is actively choosing to believe that men do not make babies because then she can believe that men have, like, nothing of value to the world and she can belittle men. Mm. And, like, that's an incredibly sinister, like, it, it's an incredibly sinister picture of society when you actually think about it and is therefore potentially interesting to investigate. But Patrick doesn't do this. Patrick makes a joke. Yeah. I'm not curious what, like, the biological purpose of sex is. <laughs> or is it just, like, it's just I mean, for fun. The goo is just there. <laughs> it's fine. She does say a whole spiel about anger, which is cut unhinged and makes no sense. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that whole okay. thing just builds, just builds like again into like, oh, women are mothers and men are angry, and that's good for like war and shit and fighting. But you know, they're not calm and level-headed and nurturing like us, like we naturally are, which is just just gross. And like, what kind of a society? What kind of a society is this? Like, do do they have communal childcare? What? what, <laughs> what? Yeah, they don't really get into it. No, that's just yeah. stupid. Stupid. Yeah, I will. Um, I also, I just want to—it's like a, a sort of side thing. So the, I there's this sort of type of guy. Usually, is a guy. Otherwise, I've seen I've seen it with my non-guy pals too, um, online or otherwise, who really like want to be teachers if that makes sense um you, you'll come across these people all the time online on social media and they have like a long post um which is like their take their like interpretation of a piece of media and they use kind of higher language and there's this kind of like chip on the shoulder of like i wish people listened to me i wish like my words were important i wish that like i could i could help educate people in a way etc um a lot of times it comes from people who shouldn't be doing that because they're not actually like that good at communicating or even smart to begin with but fine this is a kind of very common thing and i think this is the moment for me with like pat is doing this and i say this because the, but this whole section reminded me of was this i had an anthropology professor back when i was a freshman who and it's a very common sort of trick that um anthropology professors will do to destabilize one's mind and they'll give them this article or this like little mini piece to confuse uh -huh. <laughs> to confuse yeah uh about the nasarima right quote unquote this group of people and it describes like their their bathing routines and the common you know all this sort of stuff and then the big turn is that nasarima is just american backwards and what the whole article is about is about like how if you use the weird terminology of early 20th and mid 20th century anthropology to describe our habits in the bathroom, our habits in our houses and whatever, we would sound just as weird and foreign and alien as, as you know, a lot of tribes are, et cetera. And so like, oh, you learn a big lesson. And this section is the like, <laughs> like, how do you prove to somebody that without biological data, uh, that, that this is how babies are made? Um, it's this big sort of like, hmm, interesting. Like, let's. Like, I can imagine like a philosophy, a shitty philosophy professor really um, putting this out there, right? Like, how, how do you work? So fine, we, we went over a lot of sort of bullshit stuff here. What's always important for me, though, in these types of I'm going to teach you something, I want you to learn about something moments in a book where the author or the person is trying to sound very smart is the conclusion. 
Mm-hmm. And the conclusion is twofold. <laughs> One, and again, this is like uh, just real quick on Sarah. So, what's her name? Um, Penther, whoever, uh, doesn't mm. respond by just going, um, "Maybe you're right. It just doesn't happen here." And agree with that. Both goes, "You're you're lying to me. Like you don't believe that." She's like, "No, I'm, yeah, I just said that because I kind of want the conversation to end." Um, like so, she like so <laughs> Penther is just like, "Yeah, you've not convinced me. Fine, fair enough." But our other guy, our, our, our what's his name, the the, the fella, um, not not fella, but the, the other guy um, who he, he's talking to in the section is like, don't embarrass me. Um, oh, Vashit. Vashit, Vashit. The teacher that he's been fucking. Don't embarrass me yeah. about this shit. Don't don't go on to talk about it. And then Quoth is like, well, okay, listen, but hey, between you and me, like, you know, we can't both be right about this, right? There's a truth to be found. Aren't you interested in finding the truth? And whoever this person, Vashid, let's say, Vashid goes like, man, I don't give a shit about the truth. I'm just living by vibes, right? Like, maybe when I'm done, you know, focusing on, on you know, the Tao uh, and thinking about my, my, my life as a cool, you know, sexy monk mercenary. I find the quote if you want yeah, me to read yeah, it. Yeah, you read the quote, read the quote. Vashid smiled lazily. And if the pursuit of truth was my goal, that would concern me. She gave a long yawn, stretching like a happy cat. Instead, I will focus on the joy in my heart, the prosperity of the school, and understanding the Lathani. If I have time left after that, I will put it towards worrying about the truth. She says, I'm yeah. too busy fucking and sucking. I cannot. <laughs> but this don't is like vibe, the truth about your body. This is like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it feels like to birth a child, but I heard it's pretty bad. Does that not concern her? Like that she could like avoid that if she didn't have but sex. Just, oh, like... actually, I did. I did want to shout out. This is kind of unrelated, but um, speaking about avoiding birthing a child, so Kvothe turns out has been like chewing a herb. <laughs> yes. Crazy yes. to me. Kvothe's been on contraception um, this whole time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, someone. Uh, I don't even know. There are only certain times. Have you ever made a baby with a woman? Kvothe says, "I have been careful not to do such a thing." There is a herb called syphilim. I chew it every day. Hey, it's called syphilis. Fantastic. It's called syphilis, yeah. So we're, we're like, just to end my sort of like quick <laughs> brand here. So like, so the end result of all of this, right? So I actually think it'd yeah. be like a fine kind of interesting thing of like, yeah, like how do you communicate to somebody of a different culture from a, who has a different epistemological way, like like way of coming to knowledge, approaching knowledge? How do you explain to somebody, to, to a, a different group of people who just don't go about knowledge production the same way that you do? about a certain issue that you you find to be fundamentally obvious and it just isn't obvious to them. It's an interesting sort of th- thing to do. What Quoth ends up though, or what Pat really does at the end here is go, yeah, but these people don't care about discovering truth anyway. They're, remember, these are the Orientals, right? <laughs> these are the like, these are the weird other people. They weren't interested in truth to begin with. They don't want to pursue. They're not enlightened. They they they'll never go through the Enlightenment TM uh, like Europe did and discover this stuff. So it's like instead of just leaving it like, no, we have thought about what is truth and how to come to truth and knowledge about our bodies and how babies are made. And this, per our sort of way of being in the world and our society, is what we've come to, what has become common knowledge. And instead of just leaving it there, Pat has to have one person go, yeah, and also we don't care about truth at all. We we don't don't, don't really care about pursuing that. And it's just like, oh, okay, so like this isn't an exchange between two good faith parties trying to come to some conclusion. This is this is like the superstitious 
horny other, uh, you know, sex crazed other, and the sort of like university educated, rational, like European stand in. Uh, and, and at the end, the end of the cultural conversation is like, it's interesting how they believe that and how they don't want to know what the truth is. And it's like, that's that's shitty. That's really shitty. Yeah. Vesha like admitting that like, well, we don't care about truth. That's just like saying that quoth has to be right or something. Yeah. Yeah, Like they didn't just consider that there were two different truths drawn two different ways. Yeah. So forget the the stupidness of them believing that, of believing what they believe. Pat also ends with it by like not even allowing it to be two different worldviews, but has to be like, well, it's one worldview that cares about truth and one that just doesn't. Yeah, which is odd because I feel like up until now, I would say by and large, a lot of the things that the Ademre do have been presented as like different, but not irrational necessarily. I think this just completely, completely undermines everything they do. That I, for me personally, and not to sound judgmental, there's no way to read this without just thinking they're stupid. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like no, yeah. and it, it, it it's whiplash against the like preceding like fifty to hundred or two hundred however many pages of just like Patrick being like ah oh, they're like way more civilized than we are and also Patrick being like ah oh, there are no sexually transmitted diseases within this culture they're like above them they have like technology they have how like the, little IKEA the, insulated homes how the fuck like, are they getting no STIs and and they don't understand. They, d- <laughs> they don't get STIs because if someone gives you an STI, you know, they're gonna, like, hunt him for life or something. Like, there was a weird, like, bit where Penta goes off about that. They don't get STIs that. because... Yeah. They don't get STIs because then it wouldn't work. <laughs> that that have, too. Like... <laughs> and it, it's it's it shows the amount of thought that Patrick has put into it because Patrick has been like, oh, what was the society where they like suck and fuck so much they don't know about fatherhood, and then he's gone, ah, oh, but wait, that would have some implications about the society if everyone was sucking and fucking all the time. STIs would run rampant. I've got to do some world building about this. Oh, and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only piece that, that, that he just yeah. He, People told me to read this book for the world building. And it includes a society that is both um, conscious enough of STIs that they will not fuck quote unquote barbarians, but also not conscious enough of sexual reproduction that they do not understand or care to understand how babies are made. I, yeah. I, I fucking yeah. what world building, man? What world yeah. building? Yeah, I and again pet peeve of mine here again. Why I'm focusing less on the like contraceptive part, like. One of my favorite things when I teach like my Renaissance early modern literature stuff to students or medieval stuff generally is to like stop and go like, all right, kids, like we could sit and gawk at the morons who thought that like a comet meant you were going to die. Um, or we can stop and try to think about like, what is a different worldview? What, what does it mean when you start every scientific investigation with one axiom in your head? And that is, there is a God who is overseeing and has built all this stuff, right? And you go from there and everything kind of has to square with that. It's actually an incredibly interesting and fruitful kind of like way of getting students to think about like their knowledge itself and knowledge production is not like a stable thing. It's historicized. It's based on societal norms, et cetera, et cetera. And then to have like Pat do the like stupid version of that, like make it make this whole kind yeah. of thing sound bad. It's like, man... <laughs> Dude, shut up. Like, you're... You you bad. You bad, you smelly. You, <laughs> I mean, he's ooh, trying ooh, to ugly. do... He's trying to do a magic trick that he, like, hasn't learned properly. 
Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, Patrick, we can see it up your sleeve. It's like, yeah, but like, what, what if you couldn't? Right? Wouldn't it be cool? <laughs> also, um, I, I, I do have some big textual evidence that the Adam don't know about wanking either. Um, where, where, um, they say, um. You can tell when a man who has been keeping all his anger to himself, it goes sour inside him. It turns him against himself and drives him to breaking rather than making. So I just think the ah. Adam don't know about oh my God. blue mm. balls. Although they do because oh. she told him she um Oh yeah she, shit she offered to she was there like oh, yeah, yeah, they do off, know, or yeah. do you wanna like should we have sex? No, I owned in the market. So they do, but she does yeah. know about blue wait, balls. Wait, God, <laughs> again, it really it No, I Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it when does yeah. When does Quoth start taking male contraceptives? No idea. Is, like <laughs> so, wait, wait, like when do we? Th- so he doesn't know what jacking off is, and he was he didn't have sex before Philuria, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't like. I mean, did he, he learn it with Philurian? Did like, like Philurian did just like a, that? Legends old fairy would probably not need to worry about contraception. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. So did he learn like, from someone after that? Was he like? You know, like you know, like the sad. I don't know. If, I don't know if any of you sort of uh, had friends like this, or whatever. But sort of the the sad friend who always had a condom in his uh, wallet, even when like like you know he was not um, successful in the marketplace of ideas, as it were. Um, and, it's me like, when I was nineteen. Don't be mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and there's this kind of like sadness. It's like you know, if you know them very well, you live with them. You'll see them throw it away every like you know, once in a while. <laughs> uh, do you think Quoth was taking male uh, contraceptive herbs like at the university kind of in hopes that he would hook up with someone? Uh, like, that sounds... It just, yeah. I wonder if Pat has an answer if we missed it. I if there think... is like an actual answer to this or if it's just like literal afterthought. I think the writer. funniest option is that he learned about it in Medica class and then um, after he got back from seeing Valerian, he was there like, damn... I got to I got to and then he went like weed hunting on his own <laughs> and he's been making it himself and I think it's even funnier if he's picking the wrong herb. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. I'm, I'm also just imagining the manosphere like the Joe Rogan type of this universe podcast talking about how this how the syphilis wart or whatever he's taking the this, this actually, you know, lowers testosterone count and like makes it into toy boy He started taking the Okay. He started taking the herb while he was like still at university, and then everything else in the book is just like some weird <laughs> uh, fantasy brain trip. I wish he picked the wrong ones. Oh, that'd be, that'd I, honestly all forgiven, Pat. If that's how the third book ends, as much as <laughs> as much as it is fun to like speculate about things that aren't in the text, I do have to like wonder if like Patrick just doesn't know that he can like edit stuff that he wrote earlier when he comes up with a new idea to set up things because it's oh it, the the yeah. point where it comes up is so weird that it's like it's just a it's this red like you don't have to retcon in a book that you're still writing like retcons are for like post publishing like yeah you can you can mm-hmm. set that shit up like it, it's well, just it, like it, he it's it really feels like he wrote this section and he was like fuck how does quote <laughs> contracept ah and then he wrote that okay. in and he didn't go back to set it up but you know what what this feels like to me is when patrick was writing the later section where when quos gets back to the university and he's fucking like dating women and like sucking and fucking about the uni 
that Patrick was like, oh shit, if Quoth isn't on contraceptive, then he's gonna have like a bunch of like, there's gonna be a bunch of like little ginger bastards all around the uni. Oh, oh, no, I gotta go back and like, but in somewhere earlier that he's on like some kind of contraception. Like that's what it feels like to me. It's interesting for him to bring up sort of passingly that this is a society with like readily accessible male contraceptives. That's just not something I'd expected. Um, yeah. At all from this, and I, he's got like a yeah a big pin board with all the yarn going back and forth. Like, how does the fucking work? <laughs> how can I make it as much fucking as possible? Yeah. Okay, if Sorry, I move this pin to here, I can put more fucking in here. <laughs> Yeah, and I think for me, yeah. part of the like boring answer is just like returning to like stuff that we read. I think in like around um, Name of the Wind, but earlier on of just like Pat is really antagonistic to editors. Like his like not only do we know that you know he has not really talked or been in com- communication with his editor at Tor mm-hmm. or whoever he's publishing with about book three, but also like he would talk about how like you know he thanks his editor for like you know, essentially allowing him to basically keep everything he wants to in the book, that he really kind of is antagonistic to that, which, like, you know, so this is, this is also, I feel like, just one of those moments where, like, I can imagine an editor going, like, you're bringing this up pretty late, it's kind of, like, weird, why is this here? And him just going, like, no, I'm not going to change it, right? I don't know, it, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, like, on the, on the boring side of it, what this does the point of an editor? Qualify. Yeah, yeah, he's supposedly... Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's not a great thing to thank an editor for, really, is it? Like... Yeah. 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 Hi. Thanks. Thank you, editor, for allowing me to like mercilessly abuse you and ignore you. Thank you. Yeah. I, 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 like this compared to like David Foss Wallet, whose Wallace, whose editor was Mike Peach, maybe I forget his first name. But like whenever DFW talks about it, it's like I like have the best editor of all time who like read my horse shit and like go through it and say like this is dog shit. This is dog shit. Like you need to change this. You need to fix it. And he's like, my books are so much better. And like, my God, like thank you. You know, I, I, I mean, wouldn't he's, be he's here. Still, like, he still ended ended up writing like multiple sections in like weird typed out African American vernacular that he maybe shouldn't have. Yeah, well, that I, to be fair, different time. Yeah. I can pull you a lot of I can pull you a lot of nineties early aughts uh, writing where A A V E African American vernacular English or ebonics was uh, all the rage in American. An American literary Great. fiction. Love that was, for them. Yeah. Um, anyway, forgot. this book definitely suffers from the success of the first book. Yeah. Because like, part definitely the part of the reason that the first book was boring. Like having read this and like going back to the first book, like that book had an editor that had some power because Patrick was not published. Patrick had like nothing behind him. Patrick had to listen mm-hmm. to his editor when his editor was like read the book and was like, mm, could you maybe. I think it really needs like an exciting sequence at the end to tie things together. And then Patrick pulls a Dracos out of his ass. This doesn't have that because Patrick is like, mm, well, I wrote like a best-selling other like book successful. Haha. <laughs> like I get Imagine to how much... say what my books are like. Imagine how much sex they had to have cut out. <laughs> <laughs> when he was 15. Yeah, Florian was originally in book one when Quoth was like 13 that initial sequence when he was like in the woods learning loot yeah Falurian was originally in there um Jesus Christ I it's just crazy how like successful the first one apparently was like I wasn't around like back then to to like have kids like I got to the series once book two was already out but usually when someone becomes uneditable right like Harry Potter took like until book four when they started to get like really really long yeah like jk rowling needed like three books to become uneditable uh you know stephen (laughs) king 
took like until you know th- there there was a ton taken out of the stand famously right like mm-hmm. that was like his fourth or fifth book yep. I, th- I think like Stephen King took like until the mid eighties until it became uneditable. He did, yeah. <laughs> you know, he did he did get there, but he took a couple of mm-hmm. books to become until it became literally the most popular author in the world. Yeah, right to get that status, yeah. and Patrick gets that with one fantasy book, mm-hmm. like. It's just weird. Yeah, I, yeah, it's also just like a, a side sort of thing of just like editor, not just like bringing it down, but making things make sense. There is a quality yeah. or like coherent tonally, coherent narratively, coherent in a lot of ways. Um, the work of that work of the editor there, I feel like Name of the Wind is a much more coherent, cohesive book, right? As far mm. as like again, maybe so I'm just like misremembering it now. Goes, certainly. Yeah, it's just like, it feels like, you know, kind of very boring arc, but like, there's no really weird moments in it. Right? I mean, like, again, maybe maybe this is part of the thing of like, nobody could remember what this book's about because we forgot it immediately <laughs> after we read it and we start <laughs> filling in the blanks again. But like, yeah. I, I remember being bad, but not like unreadable or weird or, you know, sudden movements of like, oh wait, I, I guess suddenly we're in like a, a, a weird different world or something. It felt very it, like, like... It felt like one book. Yeah. As opposed to this, which feels like seven books. It's a book that when the Dracus appeared, there's kind of a build-up to it. It kind of made sense. It was like, an, it was kind of framed as a not common thing. It was its own sort of sequence. And you kind of forget, there's a pseudo-dragon fight in that book, right? Yeah. And like, but it kind of all makes sense. So it was like, yeah, like it kind of just builds and works there. If that was in this book, it would just suddenly appear, right? Like one day he's walking down the road and uh, a dra- a, you know, he comes across a village that's sort of in bad straits because a Dracus has moved in next door and, you know, it's been fucking things up, right? Like that, that's how it would be. It wouldn't be this sort of slow build. So I, I think I can also see the lack of editor in that sense as well. I mean, to be fair, if I was Patrick Rothfuss's editor, I'd be like, okay, we're just fucking publishing it. Stop emailing. Stop emailing. <laughs> Do not talk to me. We're t- I'm just going to fucking publish it. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I've had enough of this guy. I think, it, I think it becomes more and more easy to believe that he like really hasn't written a word from book three. I don't know where you like, go from yeah. here. Both right. Do you, he's, well, he's says, put himself in this at the position end of says, having to now do three books worth of fucking like character arc in yeah. one book. <laughs> three books worth of fucking. <laughs> I, I just. It says yeah. at the end he's like, "Let's stop there." It just gets a lot darker from here. Fantastic. So. <laughs> yeah, We're looking forward to having the Anakin chapter, like every chapter. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do think the other thing that, like, from a st- structural standpoint that I keep thinking about, and this is something that, like, on the... Uh, I don't know if I talked about this on this podcast, but on the, on the Just King Things podcast, when they discussed it, they brought up this point that, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's an orgy scene in it that is yes. so bewildering. It's awful. It's so out of place. And they were talking about... Like the, the the way they were talking about it was like Stephen King putting this scene in there must have known that this is gonna be the one thing everyone is going to remember from the book. Like if you put in yeah. something this outrageous, you're gonna have to have a damn good reason for putting it in because it is going to be the thing people are talking about. And I keep thinking about this, like, in, in terms of, like, Patrick. Like, 
because this is like on the on the subreddit everyone talks about the man mothers as like the thing that is their least favorite part of the book like it's just mm. it's just so you know sarah was thinking about this for a decade yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it just ends with you know as it ends with like it ends with nothing and then it never gets brought up again like i i how does this change quote how is this like important to him like what was the reason to put this in or do you think he just never thought about like what people are gonna think about this that that's that's my read because it's like it just feels like a he's built this whole society in order to do like a throwaway joke oh he's doing speculative fiction where he's speculating if there could be a society yeah. where they didn't know about fatherhood and like it's just again it's a throwaway thing and like yeah, it didn't it, really work really feels to me like Patrick is such a horny a person that like his worldview <laughs> genuinely is that in this is in a sexually liberal society I do women would be sucking and fucking in a way that make child in the medieval way of the church appro- approved sex you know the only approved sex is sex that makes child yeah. I mean I've been I've been reading between the in the times when I wasn't uh reading this book In the times when I wasn't reading this book for the uh, podcast, uh, I was uh, reading Gravity's Rainbow. And that's a book that has a lot of phallic stuff and a lot of sex in it. And it's it's like one of the rare cases where I know that the author uh, has jacked off before writing it. Because it never feels like like Pinchon is getting actually horny about it, right? (laughs) And Patrick is so clearly a case who hasn't you know of someone who hasn't learned about you need to jack off before you write a sex scene because <laughs> this shit is Do you know that's, that's he's just so horny all the time it's funny because i've been between this i've been reading a bunch of stephen king who uh, much like patrick <laughs> i think is suffers from the not jacking off before writing about sex scene stuff it all comes across as extremely extremely sex you know but i i possibly against my better judgment quite like stephen king books and like i'm reading the dark tower at the moment and it's just so much better than this it's so much better than this things matter like things have consequences the people he killed like it it's the the contrast is so stark i don't know i just want to shout out that um we've been talking about this shit for like an hour and my flatmate just kind of opened the door and gave me an absolutely horrified look (laughs) (laughs) um we still have a wrap-up episode to go right yes yeah yeah speaking of the wrap-up in between reading this i have been reading um the Scum Villain self saving System <laughs> by uh, okay. uh Shu. And I just, I've been wondering, like, what would happen if we got, like, isekai'd into this book and we had to fix it? So that's kind of the question I want to put on the table and answer next week in the wrap-up episode. Okay. Okay. Like, as an NPC. I, I've, got very okay. quick, I've got a very quick answer, but um, it's... <laughs> I mean, the name of this podcast is The yes, Quest Killer that Chronicles. That's yeah. my answer. <laughs> <laughs> no jury would convict us because everyone everyone hates this yeah. guy like uh, Gran from down the street would be like you know you were t- completely right to do that like he was worse than an animal no one no one's gonna blame you for killing both it's just it's just so medieval you know medieval times when they were like ah a woman's womb will dry out and shrivel up if it is not regularly seeded and th- this is why rip is good like god yeah 
fact tier shit. Horrifying. And yet, Patrick just writes it as a funny... Ch- I've been thinking about this for nine years. Yeah. <laughs> I just threw it back across the room to help. Yeah, yeah fair. It, it, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you finally are able to talk about it. <laughs> I know. I, I feel very vindicated and justified. Yeah. It, Y'all didn't believe me when I said it got worse. Here we are. Yeah, it, we are. it, it also just always bothers me too because it's a side thing of like, this is, you know, we, we tap the default assumption of the fantasy sign of, you know, the only way this book works if you know what a fantasy novel, a fantasy is, and that just kind of reminds you of that every once in a while and you fill in the blanks. But. The medieval part also gets me because it's like I think I got to somebody teaches medieval lit and culture stuff like this is it like I cannot the same way that like okay so I took a Japanese uh, language course last year my brother moved to Tokyo I wanted to have some vague understanding of this language he's learning it now <laughs> and uh, Yuki Sensei Yuki Johnson was my instructor and she God bless Yuki Queen among queens love her to death uh, but she had this kind of like reserved. Um, acceptance that almost even like a humor in the back of her voice uh, understanding that everyone was in the class because of anime right that she's like the reason you all are here is because you watch anime so like uh, you know, what anime do you watch everything there. and she'd ask these sort of questions and if this is the same I, I, I kind of felt her in that moment because when I've taught medieval lit or when I've taught students around it their only touch point is fantasy novels and whether they say that or not it is right like I can pull out very easily um, students who have stuff like that. It's like the complicated way that sex was understood, even amongst like religious writing, which not all writing, not all places were religious in the time, in the medieval, uh, well, let's just say between the 12th and 14th centuries, maybe you go to 15th if you want to, um, was really complicated, was really weird, was really fucky, was really like by modern definitions or understandings queer in some senses, right? Mm. And like, that radical kind of quality of the way we was, as it were, to quote, to quote my grandfather's favorite um, saying, uh, the way we was, like, the way we was is not the way we are now, and, like, the way we are now need not be the way we are in the future. All that gets short-circuited, because it's like, yeah, uh, people, a medieval fantasy book has people who don't really understand what sex is about, except maybe a few people. They don't understand X, Y, Z things. They have weird backward beliefs about things, and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, it's exhausting to me on sort of a professional level. I don't mean to sound like a fucking prick here, even though I know I do most of the time. But, like, it is exhausting when, like, a book like this just continues to poison the well of, like, this is what the kids know. This is what they think of when they think of the medieval world. And we, and I can cite you to a million, like, alt-right reactionary YouTube videos where they talk about, like, what it means to be a man and manly person back in the day, back in Viking society. And they know nothing about Viking society. All they know about is, like, the TV show Vikings and then representations of Vikings or something in books like this. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's exhausting. It's tiring. It's saddening. It's, it's depressing. It, it, you know, more people will read this than will read a lot of paging Dr. Eleanor Yanega, just letting her know. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, 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 buddy. Uh, (laughs) I think I want to, I want to add, um, the, on top of the term default assumptions of fantasy, I want to add default assumptions of heterosexuality on top yeah. of that. Mm. Just, I don't know, I think it just sort of makes sense in this context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there has been acknowledgement of gay people existing in the universe. I guess it's just the, I, he just forgot at this point. Again, that's why every mention every of like, someone brought oh, it up. Yeah. these guys are bi. 
this got the mm. it makes again because it was seeded earlier and then and then this happens but it's just like even then <sighs> it it's like so the people are predatory <laughs> and or or like effete and and foreign and it all hits that like nasty old like old like fucking homophobia yeah. do you know like yeah and then like every time someone brings it up there's just a character who's like completely blank stare because they don't get it so yeah and that character is the first <laughs> that's how awesome yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. As a i loved i just as a note on queer characters i loved in this bit uh towards the end when they're like uh laughing at uh master hem hemmer um and mm. they're like oh we went to the aeolian to find denna to come with us but we couldn't find her so we grabbed diok instead and i'm just like oh well you can't find your friend settle for the man who had sex with her when she was 14 <laughs> fantastic it's <laughs> <This is> cool <laughs> yeah and it's just to repeat we'll do this in the recap and we'll do stuff there and we'll do mm. final sort of stuff and i'll save my i have a long rant about wasting time with literature and how it drives people <laughs> crazy but like this, there's a million little things in this book that if it were in another book that did things better or moved along with it at a better pace, we wouldn't comment on it. Mm. Or it wouldn't even necessarily mm. like come to our mind. Like that's that, that moment. We're, we're going to go hang out with Diok instead of Denna, right? That, like I could imagine that type of thing happening in like a Sanderson book or something. Some Some folks are looking to hang out. They can't find the person they want to hang out with. So they hang out with somebody who like is kind of standing in for that person, even though it's weird that they're associated with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. But you wouldn't necessarily comment on it. Or if you or if you did like think about it, Sanderson would be very aware that this kind of means something. Right. That there's this sort of. I thought about the situation for more than a moment. And like Patches never does. He just never has that sort of moment of reflection of like, hmm, what does this mean beyond just literal events happening? What does this mean in the book generally? Why is it that they think this way? Why is it they're coming about things this way? Et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It seems bad. It's bad. I think that's all I. I'm, I'm like yelled horse. <laughs> yelled white. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've, yeah. Bast once, Bast once is Reshi back. Um, does Bast kill people real quick? Is that what happens? Like, oh yeah, he, like, yeah. I yeah, do. He, I do. Got to shout out the part of the book where it flashes back to present day and the framing day, and Kvos gets beaten up by some soldiers, and then later on, it turns out like Bast hired them to like test him and beat him up, um, and then he, he kills the slay of him. If he'd hired, honestly, <laughs> I kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed seeing who was getting beat up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I kind of was hoping that Bass just, like, hired them to kill him. <laughs> just, <laughs> just Rushy is actually it. an insult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rushy is a slur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Rushy. <laughs> to title this episode Rushy is a slur I'm going to put Mad Mothers out there that people need to know what they're getting yeah. into um, uh, can, can I give one of my uh, the only moment I smirked and I don't know if it's just because it was near the end and I was. is this your me. pat on the back no it's not a pat on the back uh, pat <laughs> do you have any pats on the no, back no fuck pat um, but it, it's, it's near the end and I really do think it's more like I was in a good mood because it's almost over but this is when like um, uh, there's a tapping right so it's like 
Tap, 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 tap. It was a faint noise, but perfectly clear in the stillness of the room. There was a pause, then the noise came again, sharp and insistent against the window glass. Tap, 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 tap. Bass sighed, relaxing out of his tense crouch. He walked over to the window, through the uh, through the drop bar, and opened it. My window doesn't have a lock, Chronicler said petulantly. Why does yours? Obvious reasons, Bass said. <laughs> what, are the, what, are the, what are the reasons? Like, is, am I missing something? Is it like people are always is, trying to creep into his room like this? It's like, yeah. Are like, are we gonna learn in the next book that like bass, like fairies can only enter in through like windows or something, and the fairy fleeces <laughs> after bass? Like, but like, what? What are the options? Did I miss something? I just read this and like just was like laughing so hard to myself. Just why does your window have a lock? Yeah, it's obvious. God, you said fairy police, and it made me think of that like big army fairy guy from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Jordan Von Strangle. Yes, yes, <laughs> he's out there. Stupid. He's looking for best. Yeah, Jordan Von Strangle. Oh, did we even talk about the? Oh. I just remembered something that I wanted mm-hmm. to bring up. The. Uh, the rule racism as like being the part the reason why he's being kicked off from the oh from yeah the from the, the mayor's the, job because uh, I, mm. I don't yeah. think we need to talk a lot about it but it's just like another case why like how like patrick just doesn't understand racism at all like it's, when it's purely viewed through personal prejudice yeah yeah like it's this is admit like it's closer to real racism than in the first book, where it's just like the the person in charge of like a large institution is racist and therefore society suffers as a mm. result. Mm, but no, not really. It's just like oh, my boss's wife is really racist against me and therefore I've been fired. She's racist, but she only but it's the kind of racism that you only you only become racist once you're being told that someone is. Uh, part of the race you hate, right? Like, he has to tell it himself. Like, it's not... Yeah, he's also, like, come out as a Yeah. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, the... And it's the just, mess. like, it is... It's so... It's so cartoonish. Like, she writes him a letter about how much she hates him. Like, it's, like... It's... Just, like... Doesn't make sense. In terms of like the, a thing that people do, like he's just so over the yeah. top. It's like the the like thing about how the, the 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 him being a rule only matters when when it is like convenient for the plot to come up that that he is. Yeah. Like, he it's he never faces any prejudice except when he does, <laughs> and it's What's, just like completely yeah. random or completely up to like. What Patrick feels like uh, is a uh, is gonna drive the story to the next place it is. I don't. I, I'm not gonna say drive the story forward because it's not going anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> drive the story around in another yeah. circle. I, I like how we didn't even talk about the last chapter because it's like literally just copy pasted. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. Yeah, it oh, doesn't yeah. matter. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> and he'll start the next book if it ever exists with it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, then he has written a few words. <laughs> he, he already wrote them, though. Okay, yeah, he's got this ready to copy paste. <laughs> yeah. He's got that uh. control C. <laughs> All 
All right, gamers, are yeah. we done? I'm done? I think yeah. so, yeah. So done. I, I literally spent. can't, like, think of anything else to say. Do we want to give some quick recommendations for good fantasy books? We, we, we should up? do that next week. Yeah. Or next episode. Yeah. I'm recommending the Scumfilin self-saving system. There's the driest sex scene I've ever read in it. And the thing is, it was good. I enjoyed it. I'm, I, yeah, I won't recommend any fantasy books. I recommend literature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my sexual recommendation. Um, yeah, well, we did, uh, we'll do erotica. Uh, uh, we'll do sexual. Oh, okay, thing. genuinely, we should do erotica yeah, yeah. next in the episode. I think it would I mean, be. Fun. I already said Gravity's Rainbow. <laughs> All right, gamers. See you later. <laughs> See you later. Bye. See you, gamers. Bye, Rushy. <laughs> oh my god, you can't call her listeners. Sorry. Oh my god, Bass can call him Rushy. You can't. I've got the I've got the Rushy <laughs> card. It's fine. <laughs> I got the Rushy.